Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Saman Green, the Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! For our boys in gold and green Rumors were swirling when it started to be a trend Then we lost to Tommy DeVito And his little agent friend Baker Mayfield, don't let them see Your passer rating, 158.3 Don't let them run, don't let them throw Fire Joe, Fire Joe, can't do this crap anymore. Fire Joe, Fire Joe, send him out and slam the door. I don't care what the fool will say. Why drag this up? Welcome to episode 161 of the Average Cheese Podcast. It's the two average cheese heads for episode 161. Thanks to Rhonda and the folks at RM Management. Thanks to Dwight at DDGCustoms.com. And thanks to Dan and the folks at Bob Anderson Builders. This is a spot where Peter would wax poetic about some number. It would be number 61. 61 is one of those shit numbers in Packer lore. So Todd and I are not even going to attempt Good. whatever, yeah, whatever clown that it is for this week. Let's just get into the slices, shall we? We shall. Let's talk about the games from this weekend other than the Packer game. So Ravens 34, Texans 10. Any thoughts on that game? That's the one game I didn't see a, a lot of. I was like in and out, in and out of the house. Lamar Jackson seemed to be. He's I it. Mean, yeah, he is. My prediction is they win the Super Bowl. I think so too. I, mean, he's I just, think so too. He's just so devastating. He's yeah. a guy that can get out of the pocket. And like I've said before, he can throw the football now. Oh, like I feel like he's a passing oh, threat now. Yeah. In addition to a running threat. And they might get Mark Andrews back. And that's huge. And he's a smart player. Decision-wise, at the line of scrimmage, but decisions as he's running with the football. I mean, he just does everything spectacular. Everything. Yeah, he's the MVP for sure. I mean, after this week, I think. I don't see, like, Christian McCaffrey, who I thought would be the MVP. or The Packers shut him down. We'll talk about that later. And when you make it to the Super Bowl, that's certainly going to help. So it could be 49ers, Ravens, and we'll talk about that later. But I think Lamar Jackson is the MVP. The other thing, C.J. Stroud looked like a rookie in a big game to me. I think he's going to be a productive quarterback. But they scored 10, but one of them was on a return. So they didn't score any offensive touchdowns in this game. They were outmatched. Like, they had a nice season. I mean, who expected the Texans to be in the playoffs? I sure the fuck didn't. And I think CJ is going to be, he's even in the, his name is in the hat for MVP. He he obviously is yeah, outside down the line, him. but yeah. his name was in the conversation. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, he had a great year as a rookie. We always talk about this, too, is drafting, like, a you know, a really high quarterback. And what are the odds of it actually, like, working out in your favor? Usually it's not. Right. right. More times than not, it's it's a no. 
He's got rookie of the year locked up. You know what? One of the things that even though they had such a high draft pick, they have some pretty nice pieces around him. Their defense is pretty good. Devin Singletary has been pretty good, so they can actually run the football once in a while. And they brought in some some receivers that complement C.J. Stroud. If C.J. Stroud was thrown to a bunch of rookie wide receivers that didn't have a clue, sort of like the Packers were in the beginning of the season, I don't know how he could overcome that. But I think they yeah. built that roster to win, and they're only going to be get better. C.J. Did, did this year was expected of Justin Fields his first year. Right. But now you see the the dynamics of, yes, they're both shit teams, but there's something going on in Houston that's not going on in Chicago. C.J. Stroud was upright most of the time. Justin oh, God, Fields yeah. was running for his fucking life all the time. Yeah. You can't have a rookie quarterback with the jitters because he's getting his shit pushed in on almost every pass. You and I have talked about this before. We think Justin Fields has the athletic ability to play quarterback yeah. in the NFL. Has no he question. been hit too many times? Possibly. I don't know that he has the decision-making skills, though. Now that I've watched him over a long period of time, he needs guys to be wide open. And this thats this is the NFL, buddy. Guys aren't going to be running wide open. That's not how it works. I still have faith in him, but he's got to get out of Chicago now. Like, and the rumor is that they're going to trade him. I wonder where he would go. Belichick and Fields? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if Belichick would end up in Atlanta if they didn't have a quarterback, right? Is he going to ride with Desmond Ritter or fucking Taylor Heineke? Belichick will lose his shit with those two clowns playing quarterback. Well, look who's played quarterback from the last couple of years. Well, Mac Jones, right. And then he sucked. That's been... He's got to resurrect and say, like, hey, this wasn't... (laughs) I I still can coach without Tom Brady. If I'm him, I'm done, man. Yeah. He's like 71. Yeah, I mean, you got, you're good, man. Financially, there's, you got generational wealth. Come on, like, go enjoy your grandkids and stuff. That's what I would do. I mean, how much does a torn up hoodie cost? Fucker, (laughs) it's it's not like, like he's wearing like Armani suits or anything. He's like a weird hoarder or something. Who knows? Remember his dog when they had, when they were showing the draft during the pandemic and his dog was sitting at the computer? I would also retire if I was him because you can't add on to the legacy at this point, right? Like your legacy is Bill Belichick, one of the best coaches to ever coach in the NFL. What can you do that's going, you know, win it with another team? I don't see that happening. I think he goes to the Chargers. I know we're way the fuck off topic here, but if you're going to go somewhere where you can might be able to win, you got Justin Herbert at quarterback. I I would go to the Chargers, not that, not the Falcons. All right, let's move on. Chiefs 27, Bills 24. God, was I fucking disappointed in that yeah. game. Yeah. Ugh. I know. I dislike the Chiefs so much. I do. I God. Do. You know, in this game, when MVS b- caught two balls, I was like, they won. MVS is catching footballs. You're not going to rely on Pacheco. He's actually one of my favorite players. I would say out of all the Chiefs, if there's only one player I like, I like Pacheco because, like, he does that thing where he like kind of like puts his head down and he just like, yes. starts to go. He looks like he is running as hard as he can possibly run. Every single play. And no matter yes. how many bodies pile on top of him, that dude pops up off the turf immediately and is like still running. Runs to the huddle, runs to the sideline. He's running all over the place. I do I like him. Long term, I i don't know that he can stay in the NFL forever. I mean, he's a yeah. seventh round pick. Isaiah Pacheco. So it's almost like he's got a chip on his shoulder. Oh, God, yes. I got to prove on every fucking play that I am the man and that I can be this guy. And he's better than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. 
who was sure. a pretty high pick, I want to say. Yeah, he was. I also don't mind Rasheed Rice, who got beat up in this game. He went out of the game twice with injuries. He's not a bad player. They might have mentioned on the broadcast. I was like, yeah, I, I feel the same way. Like the emergence of that guy was when the Chiefs were kind of sputtering in the season. He kind of like stepped up. He did. He stepped up. He was like, you know, our Bill Melton. Somebody like that just kind of comes out and I mean, they needed it. Gets you through the slump, right? Like teams have injuries, they lose a few games in a row, things like that. But yeah. Well, and, and what else was there before he started playing well at the wide receiver spot? You don't have shit. Right. You got McCole Harmon and fucking MVS, who are both not very good. So they needed to have something besides Travis Kelsey. I bet MVS isn't there much longer. I wonder if they deal him in the offseason. I don't know what his contract looks like, but I'm with you on that. Horrible this year. And they paid him a buttload of money. He's like over 11 million. Yeah, I don't don't know why in the world you would pay. They burned on that. (laughs) They absolutely did. Aaron Rodgers is still cutting guys' checks. Exactly. Him and Lazard. Anyway, I I dislike the Chiefs. They played well. It looked like Buffalo was going to score on every drive. When the game started, it was like, they're they're not going to be stopped. And then Kansas City made a couple of adjustments. What do you think about Josh Allen? I like him. I think he's he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Does he throw it well enough, consistently enough? He's got a rocket of an arm. He does. He throw well enough. Pretty he good. can throw it to the fucking moon. There's no question about that. Yeah. He's got he threw that ball and that's cold weather. He must have thrown that one ball about 80 yards in the air. I know. And Diggs should have caught that ball. And he's a great runner for as big as he is. Isn't he like six five or something? I mean, yeah, and like two forty, something like that, two thirty. I mean, once he gets past the linebacking, if I'm a DB and I got Josh Allen running at me. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna do I'm gonna <laughs> try to rip his head off, but it's not gonna feel good. No. He's a, He's a good runner. And what's funny is when I was watching the game, when he scored, it gives you a perspective of like how big linemen are. He's 6'5", 237. Those dudes would pick him up like he was a fucking ragdoll. And like they're towering over him, which is bananas. Right. And And they're just like lifting him up like, yeah, Josh. Just like overhead pressing him and shit by the shoulder pads. I'm like, Jesus, those guys are fucking huge. Because that dude is huge Huge, right you put him in a lineup with normal people yes six five two thirty seven is a huge human being yes and he's standing next to a guy that's six eight three fifteen or three twenty right and the last game uh of the weekend lions bucks i don't know what i think about baker mayfield he's up and down he's gonna throw it to the wrong team and i said to marcy when we were watching that game at the end i'm like baker mayfield's gonna throw a pick here it's guaranteed sure enough like two plays later, whoop, right to the Lions. Game over, season I like over. Him. I feel bad for him. I don't dislike I mean, him. I don't. I'm not saying negative things about. He's going to win you some games, and he's going to lose you games too because yeah. he's going to make throws like that that he should have kept. Their asses off. I mean, that they, they were ready to die there for a second, and they came back and scored, and they might go down there and tie this thing up or something. Well, right, because I thought the game was over, sort of, and then they went down, and they kind of just breezed down the field. They did. This is now a football game. And I'm thinking, why would you go for two? I don't know. I Sometimes I think coaches want to be the smartest fucking guy in the room. Why would you go for two there? The last touchdown they scored. Okay, so if you get it, it's now 31-25, and if you can, you can score a touchdown and kick the extra point to win. 
I get that. But if you don't get it, now you have to do a two point conversion no matter twice. what. Twice. You got to try it yeah. twice, right? right. I, I don't know. I'm not an NFL coach. I didn't like it. It didn't they must matter. Have some fucking nerd somewhere who figures all that shit out. They do. Uh, and I feel like I was telling somebody at work today, I don't feel like coaches go with their gut anymore. They go with like the numbers say, we should go for two here. Or the numbers say like they, they got somebody telling them in the headset. Yeah. Or there's just some kind of like, you imagine? Chart. I mean, I wonder if that shit goes on. There's you some know, like, nerds oh, on like, the other well, end. You know, statistically, you blah, should go blah, for blah, it here. Or in this game scenario, or what if somebody's like using AI? Who knows? I'm happy for seventh letter. A guy that I go on another podcast with Lions fan. They haven't won it in so long. I'm glad for him, and I'm glad for Lions fans. I know that on Twitter, people are like, oh, you can't root for the Lions. Fuck all that. Yeah. I certainly can't. I was was definitely pulling for the Lions. And I really want them to beat fucking San Francisco. I'll tell you that much. I I hate the 49ers. And it's going to be cool because it's going to be easy to get behind Dan Campbell and shit. If it was like some other a-hole coach, I'd be like, Mm, all right. Right. Hope you guys win. But now I'm kind of like. All right, let's get on to the real game. This is where it all goes south. I feel like I've cussed like 19 times already. but I forgot to put all my quarters in. That's okay. I'll count them up later. I'll have the AI thing count them up later. Yeah. Packers lose 24-21 to the 49ers. Your initial thoughts on the game in general. I felt like we were in control of this game. It began with a continuation from the Cowboys game. They're marching down the field. The running game is going with Aaron Jones. I was like, wow, this is just, it continued. Like, there was no drop-off from the Dallas game whatsoever. And they were able to maintain that, I felt, throughout most of the game. But And I felt like we were in control of the game. One or two other decisions, and boom, it slipped away from us. I couldn't believe it. It's another one of those iconic 49er losses in the playoffs. That's gonna, That one's going to stick with me for a while. My son, once the game was over, this is the first time that, that I've ever experienced this with my son. That one's going to sting for a bit. He was just like this. Didn't say a word to me. I was tucking him into bed. It was like he was in shell like in shell shock. He didn't say a word to me. Nothing. Not good night. Not nothing. Like like blank stare almost. And he went to sleep. So I was like, I get it. Yes. That's, that's how I feel as well. Totally get it. Yes. Oh, but son, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, he was. I'm sorry I'm laughing. I'm only laughing because I completely understand. Yeah, You know, for me, you stole a lot of things that I wanted to talk about. And these these are not even in the notes. You and I just think alike. Even though the Packers weren't winning this game the entire time, I also felt like they were in control of this game. You know, there were a couple of things that happened early. You know, there was a one play, uh, Aaron Jones run for like nine and a half yards when they're down near the goal line. And he gets hit going sideways. And they end up not getting that first down on third or fourth down which was a horseshit call. We'll talk a little bit more about that later on. I just felt, despite some things happening, that this was a game they were going to win. At the end, though, I will just say this. When the game ended, I did not feel the same as I have for one the game that they lost most recently against the 49ers that I have never not only watched, I've never watched the end of it. I've never seen any of that game. I rode the oh, entire right. way home. Oh, that's right. That's right. So the only live version of that that you ever got was you and me texting. Yes. I watched that some was of like your play by play or something. Yeah. Yes. I was listening to it on the radio at that time. And I remember after that game, because I had drove the van home from Wausau, listened to the entire damn game driving home from Wausau, 
game was ending as I was pulling into the parking lot. And I just sat there in the parking lot like, fuck, it's over. And then we lost in the playoffs before that. I sat in darkness, like against Tampa Bay. That was a dark, dark moment in my life where I'm glad that Marcy left and left me sitting in the darkness to just shit, just drink yeah. into you the and, fucking You and mess. Aaron Rodgers to hang out. Yeah. Go do a darkness retreat. Yeah. I didn't feel that way this time, though. I felt sad for the Packers, and I felt sad that the season was over, but I didn't feel that this might be the end because right. this is the fucking beginning. Right. So well it was said. a different feeling exactly. for me. Exactly. Yes. If it was like that, a team that's been together for a really long time and has went been to the playoffs multiple times in a row and like, you know, all those things. But this, you're right. Even though it was a loss, it was, it's also the start of a, yeah, really nice beginning. So PFF grades, Luke Musgrave was the highest rated Packer. According to PFF, he had a 75.9. Romeo Dobbs, 73.5. John Runyon Jr. Now, these grades aren't super high, but John Runyon Jr. with a 69.0. Zach Tom, who got hurt in this game, 68.3. Pretty nice score considering that Joey Boza was lined up across from him. And Aaron Jones, 64.3. That seems a bit low. On the other side, bottom grades, Josh fucking Nyman, 40.7, who came in. Again, he's playing against Joey Boza, 40.7. Ben Sims, who's got to be cut, I would imagine, 43.8. Tucker Craft didn't have a great game at 49.8. Elton Jenkins had a 50.5. Again, I didn't notice any glaring issues with Elton Jenkins. And then Dontavian Wicks had a 52.3. All right, let's get on to the good, the bad, and the ugly on offense. Let's start with you, boss. What's good? I think Aaron Jones, for me, was without his performance, without how he's come on at the right time at the end of the season, not only do are we not in that game, do we get to that game, but I think he kept us competitive in that game. A large amount of that. The big plays, the key first downs. There's no question that the Packers in the offseason, they have to figure something out. There's like no question. They're in a really good spot, right? He's still performing at a high level. Looks like he's probably got, I don't know, a couple more years Mm-hmm. He's got gas in the tank for sure. Who's to say, right? But then you you use a draft pick, maybe a second or third rounder to kind of... Who's next? Yeah. Well, bring him in and have him, Aaron Jones like pass the torch at some point. Yeah, totally agree. I wonder and I hope that Lafleur and the Packers organization realize we can't run him 30 times. We get that. But if we want to be successful on offense... He needs the ball in his hands. Like, I hope that this stretch of games shows Lafleur and whoever else is, you know, Stenovich and, and whatnot. Aaron Jones needs to be a playmaker. You need to put the ball in his hands enough times because at some point it's going to happen. He's not playing on the contract he's on. So he has a contract for next year. It's the last year of his contract. His cap hit is $17.5 He's not playing on that contract. So they need to figure something out for Aaron Jones going forward. I know we beat up on John Runyon like throughout the year. And I don't yep. know if, that, if he's going to be somebody who's coming back or not. But you have to admit, there is a correlation between Aaron Jones coming back and all of a sudden you're seeing John Runyon really good performances. Almost a whole line. Because they're statistically, without Jones there, and like they're two completely different backs between Jones and Dylan. But Dylan can't, maybe he isn't finding those 
lanes to run through that Jones is. And a lot of the offensive line grades are, especially running grades, right, are kind of in the toilet a little bit. And some guys more so than others. And it makes me wonder if there's a correlation with all of a sudden you see Jones coming back and running the football a lot more than Dylan. And all of a sudden, Runyon's, people like Runyon and everyone else, all they seem to have struggled statistically this year, all of a sudden are doing well. Maybe it wasn't him all, all along. Romeo Dobbs played pretty well. He did oh, catch God. that long pl- pass. The guy fell down. But that's not your fault. You know what I mean? As Romeo Dobbs, you catch the ball and you keep running with it. I would have liked to see him on that play, like, turn it up. Let's see if you can score, Romeo. Don't just step out of bounds. I, I didn't understand yeah, that. Yeah, I exactly. saw that. In the, in the, I watched it in the replay. I was like, this is the playoffs, man. Like You get the ball and you fucking either, score. Hey, look, either grind out another two or three yards there, or maybe you break it. Who, yeah. Who knows? Like, but to run out of bounds, like you're trying to stop the clock or something. Right. That's exactly. what it looked like. And I was like, dude, what are you, what are you doing? He was the leading receiver. He had four catches for 83 yards. Like you said, John Running played well. Interesting as this game was, and the Packers scored 21 points, there are not a lot of superlatives. Do you know what I mean? There aren't a lot of guys that stick out like, he so-and-so had a great game. Yeah. It, it just doesn't that way. It, it didn't show up that way. And that's going to happen when you're playing a good football team, right? That's a good, very good defense. You're not going to score 48 on the 49ers. What about the bad? I guess I was just looking at, I almost hate to criticize Jordan Love now at this point, which is kind of funny. Because he's played um, great up until this point. He's, not he's even allowed great. to have bad throws, right? Right. And that, that goes without saying for any quarterback. But the, but his first pick, was that was bad. Was the receiver, was it more his fault? Was he in the right spot? I, who knows? Right. It looked it looked like a bad throw. And the, I think it was to craft. Part of me thinks, and you, you don't ever want to teach a receiver to not try to get your hands on the ball. But if it's way behind you and you can get a glove on it and not tip it up in the air. Maybe let that one go. It, it almost yeah, it almost looked like that was a, tough a one. really like he poor... doesn't want to look like he's not making an effort. He can't do that. He has to get a, his paw out there and, and give it a even though it was like there was no chance that ball's getting caught. No, because you're not running away from the ball and reaching back and grabbing with one hand. That that's no, not happening. There's no chance. No. And that's what it was. But he he got enough of it that it I was like shit. Mm-hmm. As soon as it popped up in the air, I was like that's That's big. Yeah, <laughs> cuz I knew there were bodies close. That was a really bad throw by Love. Because if he throws that ball out in front of him, Tucker Craft is still running today. He gets at least 8 or 9 yards after the catch on that play. If he just puts the ball out in front of him because he's running away from those linebackers. Like the reason that that ball is tipped in a pick is because he tipped it going backwards to guys that were still there. Like he crafted run by those guys. That was a disappointing throw because it wasn't a hard throw. It was a throw he should make. And, And I'm with you. Like Jordan Love has been spectacular. He has led the Packers to the playoffs with great quarterback play. He's not going to be perfect every time. I don't care if you're Aaron fucking Rodgers. You're not going to be perfect. But he didn't play particularly well in this game. He just didn't. But there was also some uh, amazing. Th- there was a throw to Dobbs on the left side down by the goal line. I think Dobbs caught it. Yes. That ball. And I think Jordan was running to his left. Like He, he was. was rolling to his left and threw it. That was about it, the most impossible throw within inches. That was a great throw. And it's thrown into a really small window. We used to talk about Aaron Rodgers in this way. Run into his left, throws the ball towards the sideline. It was perfect. And it was thrown just hard enough where it didn't get knocked down. 
but there were a couple other ones like and they weren't big deals but like the two-point conversion to aaron jones man throw that ball in his chest why are you throwing that softball up there that aaron jones has to go up for and I make know, a play that, I, I held my breath on that one when i saw jones going up for it i was like oh jesus he might he's wide open yeah there was another throw to tucker craft throw the ball in his chest on that yeah. play because you made Tucker Craft jump for the ball. He now has to come down. If you throw it in his chest, he turns. He's got an opportunity to make a play. Yeah. I just thought there were a, quite a few throws in this game. Where you're like, damn, that's yeah. not a hard throw. You should be making that throw. Well, the I one can... to Melton, which was you know a touchdown. But even that was could have yeah. got there a little earlier. Right. That was a it great could, play. It by could have, but that, that wasn't that was, that catch was sick. It was. Bo, Bo Melton, and I mentioned this the last podcast, not only like secured his spot on the 53 next year, but like he's also not only done that, but I think he's like he's gone up the depth chart on top of it all. I really has think he so. sur- surpassed Malik Heath, do you think? Oh, sure. Yeah, I think so. 100 percent. He gives a dimension. Now, Malik Heath is going to put his hands on guys in the run game and maul people like he's yeah. Alan Lazard, Great. but he is not the receiver that Melton is. Melton gives you more. He's not going to give you much in the run game. He's not going to beat up on dudes with that little-ass body he's got. My other thing in the bad is, besides Aaron Jones, who had a good game? Dobbs, maybe. I thought the offensive line was, did San Francisco even sack him? He was not sacked in this game. Okay, so we can say that the offensive line had a good game. I was really kind of thinking skill positions. Aaron Jones had a really good game. Dobbs was four catches for 83 yards. Okay. All of those things are good. But then I'm just going to go through some of these, and I won't beat this all up. Emmanuel Wilson, four carries for 16 yards. Bo Melton, one catch for 19. Luke Musgrave, three catches for 14. Christian Watson, one for 11. Emmanuel Wilson, one for 11. Tucker Craft, three for nine. Aaron Jones, three for eight. Ben Sims, one for four. No one even had an average game other than Romeo Dobbs. And Jaden Reed, who I forgot to mention, four catches for 35 yards. Like, there wasn't a lot there. But this seems to be the script. Okay. Of the last several weeks, right? Spread it around. It's just everything. Everything's getting spread around. That's fair. I was surprised to see Christian Watson. I was like telling my son when we were watching the game, I'm like they got to take a shot with Watson. They never did. No, they, ne- they never took a shot with him. Why not? Game. Right. And I, I thought there was at least, at least do it once where it's appropriate. And maybe Lafleur <laughs> didn't feel confident in making that call anywhere, but I wanted to see them take a shot with Watson at least once, maybe twice. Let's get on to the ugly. I just did the replay. I was watching it on like YouTube or whatever. And I was pretty sure I, so I rewound it a couple times, make sure I had the, the difference in the clock. But like Lafleur with, he had three timeouts. That clock, he burned 40 seconds off that clock. That's the second time in three weeks because he did it against the Bears. We talked about this a couple weeks yeah. ago too. Same thing. Yeah. Why are you holding on, hoarding timeouts when your team is on fucking defense, that's when you call it. Because right? you can't I mean, control you can get out of happens. bounds, and there's things you can do offensively to give yourself that. Not when you're on fucking defense, dude, and you burned 40 fucking seconds. That was fucking absolutely bananas to me. It, really bad. Really, really bad. And say what you want. Anyone could say, like, oh, that Jordan Love shouldn't have thrown that ball when he was rolling out like that. He should have ran and ran out of bounds. Well, guess what, motherfucker? If he had, like, 40 more fucking seconds, he wouldn't have felt the pressure to do something like that. Possibly. Speaking of that last pick, have you seen – I don't know who did this on Twitter. 
Someone put the Favre interception when he was with the Vikings against the Saints and to the Love play. It is almost identical in the what it looks like. Running oh, wow. the wrong to his right, throwing it across his body to the middle of the field. It was Brett Favre-like. I'm disappointed in that throw. It's ugly because we haven't seen that ugly throw in eight weeks, nine yeah. weeks. We Did throw. he lose the game? No, but it was yeah, an absolutely. ugly throw. It was. That play was also ugly because why are we running? You, we talked about this fucking 10 weeks ago. There should not be all guys running to the first down marker on third down. Dump it off over the middle. You got guys that can make plays. Musgrave, Kraft, Jones, Jaden Reed. All of those guys can run with the football when it's in their hands. You don't have to get them to the sticks. It's not Alan Lazard. It's not EQ St. Brown. Who's not going to make a move? You got guys that can run with the football. And that made no sense. That was a terrible play call on top of being a terrible throw. You're expecting your quarterback to make miracles on that play. And that really yeah. pissed me off. You know, they they ran that same play to Reed that they burned the Cowboys on twice. That they did. one play that it was yes, like. Yes, and that, they got it, right? He, he got gets, that. Yeah, and Reed got it for like a big gain. In the Cowboy game, he did it to the right. And then they. they it was Dobbs, uh, right. That did it both they, ways, and this right. time was Reed. So I thought in this situation, like that could have been tested again, like that cross, uh, this, that long yeah, cross. Like that would have been a great play play call for where they were on the field. It's obviously a ball that's like you've got the receiver w- with their mo- momentum going out of bounds Perfect. with the throw. Like yep. let's do it. Not the challenge or lack thereof. Right, fourth down. I didn't like the call. Because I thought it was a little bit long to do the whatever they're calling it now. The, yeah, the love shove or whatever it the, is. The right, shove, that's a, the, right. Yeah, like whatever it is. I thought it looked a little bit long for that call, but I was like, Agreed. all right, fuck it. And then was it close? Yes. Do I think he got it? He did. I thought so. I, I really thought he did. But then, then I was like, oh, they'll just challenge it. And then there was no challenge. And I'm sitting there thinking, what the fuck? That no challenge. And we've talked about Matt LaFleur's decisions on challenges throwing challenges didn't challenge that i don't know if he would have won that challenge but that's a play you have to challenge like that's an important play in the game if it's me and i know i'm conservative i thought they should have kicked it and that's before they didn't get it i'm saying to myself let's kick it let's get more points let's put as many points on the board as we can it's a straight on kick it's short fucking carlson should make it right it's got to be under 30 at least we've talked about that i've talked about this before but like I seriously don't understand anymore how in the year 2024, we, we're still measuring football fields with chain link fucking measuring sticks. I told Ryan that, because, like, who was watching the so, game with me, that you were going to say that. Did you notice that there was a long pause before they brought the sticks out? Yes. Like they weren't like, going to even bother measuring fucking it. sticks out already. Like, what are you right. waiting on? That tells you they're like not paying attention and they probably aren't ready. They're probably like, oh, hey, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Let's get it taught here. And they're fucking around on the sidelines trying to unfuck themselves. Otherwise, those dudes come out like when the referee says, hey, bring out the sticks. We've got to measure this shit. But there was like a 10 second pause or whatever. Mm -hmm. Just makes me think like that was weird. Would they have gotten the first down on the challenge? I don't know, because they kept showing the replay, and it's really difficult to see. It was a shit spot, I thought, that in the too, first the, well, place. They that's what they would have challenged, right? Right. And that was a yes. 
Totally Maybe agree. if you had a fucking money kicker, Bloor's like kick it. Or any fucking kicker besides him that can right. kick a 35-yard field goal. Right. But now LaFleur's on the sideline going, eh, mm. let's try this. We're going to yep. go. Yep. Because we can't trust him at, on a 21-yard field goal. <laughs> exactly. All right, we're moving on to defense. Top PFF grades. Carl Brooks, maybe the steal of the draft, 90.7. Yeah. Kenny Clark at a 79.2. Jair Alexander, 69.8. Rashawn Gary, 66.5. Didn't do jack shit in this game, really. Anthony Johnson Jr., 64.5. The bottom of the barrel, TJ Slayton, 42.2. Jonathan Owens, 47.6. Keyshawn Nixon at a 47.9. Devontae Wyatt, 50.2. And Isaiah McDuffie, 50.3. We're going to have to talk about this at some point. Did they save Joe Barry's job? Let's not. I'm just saying it. I'm not going to talk about it. Let's no. move on to the good, the no. bad, and the ugly. Right. My quick answer to that is no. Kenny Clark, my guy Kenny Clark, in a very big game, played very well. He was everywhere. I don't want to say it meant more to him because that's not what I mean, but he played like it meant something, and that's okay. important. And I'm not saying other guys didn't. You know, you see a guy come out and just not dominate the game, but really play well in the game. You think this guy is, he's a big time player. I thought he played super well in this game. That's a veteran dude who's yep. been like, I've been to the playoffs. I've been in big games. This is how we play guys. Exactly. This, this well is said. it. We turn things up and let, let me show you how. You have to have a different intensity in the playoffs. This is all or nothing, win or go home. Kenny Clark was really good. Anybody else you want to talk about on the defensive side? Uh, I don't. I didn't really feel that anyone else really jumped off the page. Clark. I mean, Jair. Obviously, I, I think he. I don't think he was a hundred percent in this game. But even his eighty percent is better than most guys in the league. Better than. Let's move on to the bad. This kind of came about when I. They actually showed the replay when I think it, it was second and ten with one fifty-five. This was the play before the touch. The last touchdown to McCaffrey. Smith just gets sucked inside. Like I, maybe it was a defensive scheme because he. It, it looked like. The guy who was in, inside to his left, like, crashed down, and then, like, he looped to the inside. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, God. because There's all nobody. Pro- yeah. There's fucking nobody out there holding the edge. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he got sucked in and did that, or it was... Or if they were stunting on that play and, and the that was, tackle if, was... If that was a defensive call that got him stuck in there, but that was fucking bad. It made him look bad. I don't know if it was Barry moving his chess pieces around, but... It looked pretty fucking bad. And and although it was only a nine-yard scramble, I think there was like a minute 47 when Purdy hit the ground. And I'm thinking to myself, call timeout, call timeout, call time Like, over and over in my head, no timeout. Yep. And we had three. He hadn't I, I, burned I, I, a timeout maybe, before that. Right. You got all three fucking timeouts. They're on the six-yard line. Likely going to score. I mean, there's a high probability they're going to fucking score. Right. So that means you don't have very many defensive plays left. You have to call timeouts on these. The very next play could be, they could be a touchdown. And guess what happened? They scored on the very next play. Again, if you had called timeout and they would have scored on the very next play, they would have had a minute 47 on the clock. I know. Not a minute seven. The other bad, and this isn't a huge deal. Keyshawn Nixon watching that ball go right through his hands. Now, granted, it went through the wash, right? The other receiver should have caught it, didn't. That's a play as an NFL player, and you got to make that play. This is a big game. We just talked about Kenny Clark stepping up in a big game. Now, I know Keyshawn Nixon did it on special teams. We'll talk about that in a minute. But on that play, that sh- that's an interception. 
That is an absolute interception. Maybe he returns for a touchdown. I mean, there's a lot of things that happen, but catch that football. There was like no, there was nobody around him. Even if he he caught it and hit the ground, he could have got up and ran. And if he would have caught it, that other guy was running away from, you know, towards the sideline. His route was towards the sideline. You cut inside and there might not be a guy there to tackle you. I love zero fucks, but that was, that was a bad play. What about the ugly? Your guy. My guy. Darnell Savage. After coming off a pick six, which is thrown right to him by Dak Prescott, and you start to think, huh, well, he's awake now. Like, maybe we're... He was so bad in this game, I felt like he was being targeted. I really did. It was that bad. Did you see him whiff on McCaffrey? Yes. That was... On that big run? Unfucking real It almost looked like he... Closed his eyes? Was like, had money on the game. Or it was a bad miss. He's in the hole for that tackle. I mean, He's the only guy a, there. Yeah. Trip him up. Grab an ankle. He's not fucking Barry Sanders. I, you know what I mean? Geez. Like he made a move, but. Prior to that, he got burned by Kittle. Yes. You're talking by a, uh, about a, you know, Darnell Savage runs a whatever. Yes. He's fast as fuck. You got burned by big old white dude Kittle. <laughs> Right, right. How the fuck does that even happen? I don't know. And I got behind him, and then just like before Savage could, before he realized he was cooked, he was like, fuck. But Kittle was gone, gone. And the ball was already in the air. And he was beat by, man, at least four or five steps. And I put on Twitter right after that, I'm like, Darnell Savage should be able to run with the tight end. That's all they're giving you, dude. That's gravy. You're and riding for, off into the sunset. You're a veteran. They're giving you like they're giving uh, you easy assignments. Now George Kittle's the best tight end in the NFL, but he's not as fast as you. Exactly. That's it. It's not like Kittle did something spectacular. He just ran away from him. Yeah. And then just kept running. That's what I like, mean. Like, he couldn't it, catch him. If you watch the replay on that, it almost it almost looks like they were specifically targeting Savage. They knew that his coverage sucks. And that they could kind of suck him up because his first couple steps were in and not back. So as he came in, Kittle got right behind him. He realized it was too late. And for the 9,000th time, the 9,000th time in Darnell Savage's career, he did not look back for the football. Oh, no. He might have been able to make a play on that ball as badly as he was beaten. He wasn't going to catch Kittle. Possibly. But that was his only chance. Yes, because he wasn't going to catch him. No, he was already no in the end zone when he caught when he caught that ball or re- damn near. I don't think his head came around at all. No, no, it never does. It He's never does. Like, oh, maybe I can try, try to push him out of bounds. Or yeah. Ten, through the, the 10 yards down. of the end zone. Maybe I can knock it out of his hands first. That's what he tried to do. He tried to knock it out of his hands. Never plays the late. ball. And he was he was late getting there. Yeah, it was he like was a one one thousand two already. <laughs> exactly. Kittle's like almost fucking ready Kittle's to like, celebrate. Get your, get your little fucking hands off my ball. Fuck <laughs> out of here. And he missed a pick six. Yes. That one, you, you were talking about Nixon mi- missing that one. Darnell Savage's was even easier. Yes, it was just like last week. I mean, it was the same fucking play. It was the same exact play as last week, and he couldn't make the play. Un- so disgusting. believable. Purdy threw it right to him like he was the oh receiver. Hopefully never wear a Packer uniform again. Let's move on to the special teams. Speaking oh of God. never wear a Packer uniform again. Was it Colby Wooden that had the block field goal? It was. That's not his first one this year. Got no. a knack for that. Freaking great. That was big. 
my son called it. He was like, block this. And all of a sudden it was like, he's like, told you. That's awesome. Yeah. My guy, Zero Fox, almost ran that thing back for a touchdown. You know, when Eric Wilson, and that was a great play by Eric Wilson. He's not a great linebacker, but you keep Eric Wilson on this on this roster for special teams play. That was a great play by him. That was a freakish play. And just how I talked about Bo Melton cementing his name into the 53 next year. Eric Wilson's coming back next year on the 53. No question in my mind. Easily. Just on that play alone. That was about as heads up of a play as I've seen. You're just thinking, we're going to the end zone with this. I needed like whatever jerseys in front of me, whatever red jerseys in front of me, I'm knocking it to the, like, I'm paving away for for Nixon. And to have the game awareness to see that ball and he caught, like as he covered it, it was popping up off the turf. And I'm thinking to myself, oh fuck, he's going to bobble it. And he crushed on top of it and smothered it. Not only heads up, but like how he covered up that football. That could have been game fucking ending right there. Those are the kind of plays, and this is why I thought the Packers were going to win. There's a million different plays, but those kind of plays are plays you make that you look back and say, this is why we won right here. Eric Wilson made this play. This is why we won. You need those kind of plays in a game. And what you don't fucking need is what we're going to talk about next. Your kicker. As the special teams coordinator, I do not blame you because you have not worked on his technique. But this oh boy, this motherfucker here. Oy. Two times in a row losing to the Niners in the, in the playoffs because of the special teams. Yes. He had the Bajorquez incident. And now we've got the Carlson. The, that's what I'm going to na- name in each of those games. That's how I will remember those games. <laughs> that game will forever be called... The Bahorquas game. This game will always be remembered for me as the Carlson game. So when I was watching the replay too, he he likes to push the football. So he lines up on the left hash and tries to push it right, but he still missed it left. You know what I'm saying? I knew he's going to miss it. I know he kicked like some chip shots earlier in the game. And I was like 41 yards. Now, if it was 51 or something, I would have been like, oh, he's definitely not making it. But even 41, I was like, that's a... That's an easy field goal for a professional kicker. Right. Yeah, it's not 55 yards. It's it's not in weather. It's barely over an extra point. And when he came out there, I thought, nope, it's time. He's going to fucking sure shit pushed it left. So I have to read this. I got this message from Chris from Milwaukee today. And I don't know if this is his idea or if this is like someone that he copied. I'm going to read it to you. It says, I'm standing up for Packer kicker Carlson. He's a rookie, and like any rookie, he's been inconsistent. If you want a consistency, then keep Mason Crosby for one more year and bring him along. You release Crosby because you believed you were in rebuilding mode and for money reasons. The Packers overachieved and then got burned by going cheap at a position that can cost your team in the playoffs. If you're going to chalk up Love's struggles to being a first-year starter and pressure, you have to do the same for your kicker. I don't agree with that. That's a completely different path of NFL career, right? Yeah, I mean, quarterback and kicker, that's pretty... They're different positions. What I do agree with in Chris's statement is you went cheap because you did not believe you're going to be in the playoffs and you thought we can let this guy play it out. If he's not good this year and we go 6-11 and 11 or 7-10... and 10, You don't care that he missed a couple kicks. You're allowing him to grow as your team grows. But in the moment, you can't do that. 
you put guys in and off your roster according to what you need that day, right? You need somebody on your roster. Why can't you bring a kicker onto the roster? Let's just say Mason Crosby. It could be anybody. Why can't you bring in a kicker for extra points or, or extra kicker for a, a short field goal like the 41-yarder, which I agree is a that's just a kick they make consistently. Why can't you do that? Having two kickers. Two kickers. Yeah. It's they, would the never, they would never sacrifice that. There's only 53 positions on, on the field. Does every guy on the roster play? Well, that's true. I don't, man, I don't know. He I'm sucks. just saying. Bottom do, line. He does he, I, I would. I would not invest. Like, it was a rough year. I feel for the guy. I, I wouldn't want to be in that position. But it's a different thing with, with kickers. Did you hear what LaFleur said? No. He said when Carlson lines up to kick, he just prays. We I all do. Shit you. Yeah, we all do, Matt. But I'm <laughs> we're not, my career doesn't lie in this man's hands or his foot, for lack of a better term. You pray? Get the fuck out of here with that. That bothers me. That means you have no confidence in him. It's it goes to what you just said, is what I'm saying. It goes to you are not sure that he's going to make that kick. So you have to oh. call your plays differently. That's a fucking problem. I'm going to wrap up the Carlson thing here, and this makes me a little sad for the man. Again, we're not beating up on the humans. Play football professionally. You're going to get abused for what you do or not do on the field, right? Not personally. This is from Ryan Wood on Twitter. Anders Carlson says, everything in the operation was good on his miss. He had the right line. He just missed the kick, contacted the wrong spot off his foot. Don't care about that part. Here's the rest. It's tough to do to these guys. That's what hurts the worst. They've got a bright future ahead of them, but it definitely hurts. End quote. Does Anders Carlson already know that he's cut from what he said? They've got a bright future ahead of them. That's what Carlson said. Because I, I mean, if let's put it this way, if, if the Packers cut him, and I think they should. And Me I, too. And I hate to say that, but. Would he get another shot on another oh, roster? No. no. He'd be out of a job. Go kick in the UFL or whatever. Yeah. You yeah. can't kick in the arena league. Those skin, those posts are skinny. Oh, he'd yeah. never he'd, make he'd a kick. Terrible. He'd, he'd miss every terrible. fucking kick. <laughs> like 15 yarders. Right. He'd be missing them every time. Oh, fuck yeah. He'd be putting them like probably He'd be smashing the... them off the net and they'd be going flat yeah. straight backwards. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's funny. To finish off this episode, let's just give our thoughts on the games that are coming up. AFC Championship, Chiefs at Ravens. Ravens are three-point favorites. The over-under is 44 at Baltimore. I'm going to go with the Ravens to cover and the under. Me too. 24-16 Ravens. Yeah. Under the 44, but they still cover. That's going to be a war. The next two teams are the Lions and the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. The 49ers are seven-point favorites at home. The over-under is 51. Uh-huh. I'll go first this time. I think the 49ers win, and I think they will cover the seven. I think they will win by 10. I think they'll win 31 21, which is just over the 51. So the over and the Niners cover. I'm going to take the Lions. Nice. And I'd take the under. Okay. Yeah. The exact opposite of what I just said. Yeah. All right. All right. Anything else before we go? The end of the Packers right. season. Right. It's, well, it's not I mean, the end of our season. Yeah, so th- as far as like episodes of games and shit, we're done. I know. So it's sad. It's a feeling uh, of sadness. This was a fun season. It was an absolute roller coaster. 
It was. I mean, who would have ever guessed? Like several weeks ago, we were just like counting them out of everything and just tearing them to shreds. Yep. And weren't they, they like somehow... two and five or something at one point? Yeah. Something like that. Who would have ever thought they Jordan Love would throw for over what is it? He had over four thousand yards. Yep. Thirty some touch thirty two touchdowns, which was second in the NFL. I mean and 11 Fucking picks only. Yeah. If somebody would have told me like the results of this season before the season, I would have bet the house. Yeah, but that wasn't happening. Everything. All right. So thanks for listening to episode 161 of the Average Cheese Podcast. Go Petco. Go Petco. Go Petco.